0: Good everyone and welcome to episode 37 of Double Jump Radio, the official podcast of doublejump.co. I'm your host Abia and I'm joined once again by my co-host John. John, how are you today? I'm okay. Um, what about you, Ben? Uh, I- I'm well man, I'm well. I'm happy that Victoria is coming out of lockdown this week. Yeah, Um, yeah, that's fucking awesome. Still worried about the cases, but you know what? My whole family's double vaxxed, so I think it's about time that people who aren't double vaxxed uh, stay at home for once.
1: Yeah, so you just like (laughs) a lot of like family reunion sort of stuff in the plans, in the works maybe? Yeah,
0: well, basically, if I'm going to be honest, it's less so that and more so eating out. (laughs) <laughs> and watching movies That's that's what's on our uh, plate at the moment Yeah <laughs> uh, that's, Yeah, it's, it's just been so long Like where I am It's Like because it's so far away from Like metro Melbourne Quote unquote Like the only real choices we have around us Is like fast food And you Like all the really nice Asian And all that food is like On the other side of Melbourne oh, but, Okay You know what First world problems I guess
1: yeah how about you man yeah not not much to talk about this week um i'll talk about wrestling for a second yes (laughs) um yes you were there last week
0: you you need to tell us what's happening
1: yeah it's not sure how to start it actually anyway what i was going to talk about last week so it's a bit out of date now is um the japanese women's promotion like so for people who don't know because no one would is um the word joshi is like basically shorthand for japanese women's wrestling um so the joshi promotion i watch is called tokyo joshi pro wrestling which i mentioned before so it's very character heavy it's very comedy heavy lots of good wrestling in it so it's like it's typically pretty lighthearted. and then when it isn't it's really really compelling because they kind of like earn (laughs) your attention it's it's very um Anyway, I very, I really like it, and the reason I know it is because they've had like collaborations with All Elite Wrestling, which is you know that like yeah. WWE competitor, sort of. Yeah. Um, from the US. Yeah, so they've been kind of making waves lately. Um, yeah, but they had their big, um, their big show. I'm not sure if it counts as their WrestleMania. It might. I'm actually not super sure. It was definitely marketed like it though it's called wrestle princess which sounds really ridiculous (laughs) when you don't actually know it is that it still sounds silly but um i think it's (laughs) one of those things where it's like both the theme being so like um i don't know girly i guess there's a better word to use for tokyo joshi um while also being like translating japanese into english or like using japan using english words um yeah i'll get you i'll get you yeah anyway that was a major show with a lot of very good matches and i don't think i had too much to add about it i just wanted to like i think i was mostly wanting to talk about it as in if you're weirdly interested in this stuff that i'm talking about it's a good show to start off with okay yeah, um,
0: question you know how sometimes when you watch anime or you play games you know uh I'd say some, like, Japanese media has a certain way of portraying women, uh, potentially in the way they're dressed or the way they behave. Is uh, is that kind of problematic side on show here at something like Wrestle Princess? Or is there a lot more, like, dignity behind it? Like, a lot more, uh, like, substance to the characters?
1: Um, I would say so, personally. Like, I think it's technically idol-themed. Which I don't have no interest in idols, but it definitely is like an aspect of it in terms of like how they dress and how they uh, like how their characters work. Cause like there's even like a very rookie wrestler currently. Um, mm-hmm. who's like one of the rookies who's like a literal working idol <laughs> in like an idol group, and oh, a couple of them are, also have that sort of history. Um, so but,
0: for folks at home, an idol I'd say is like you, you kind of think of it as like a manufactured pop star it's yeah, kind of, it's, it's like right. its own thing where they don't always sing they don't always you know perform or anything like that but they're basically like you idolize these usually young women or young men who are like very good looking and they you know they, they look like models but they they kind of are manufactured brands and they get attached to all sorts of different media properties and, and things like that so that's where uh, I guess this is how it's factoring into the the Joshi culture is you know it makes sense for there to be an actual idol in the
1: in that scene yeah there's like a i, I have no idea how it works i know there's like a adjacent um adjacent um idol group that's part of like that connect of the promotion that three of the wrestlers star in <laughs> so before <laughs> almost before every uh, before almost every show they'll do like a song or two <laughs> like in the middle wow. of the ring i always skip it because it's always the same song but yeah and i'm just not that into it but it's um what was it? oh yeah but to answer your question i would say it's like there's like no real presence of men outside of like a couple times in special shows um yeah. it's very like i don't know i don't think it's like really demeaning it is very like it isn't very hard-edged really Um, but it's characters have like, there's like genuine character arcs and stories and characters in general, like personalities, like it's very character driven. So it's like, when you're watching, you're not watching it for like long-term active feuds in the same way you do watch like other weekly shows in America and other places. Like you're watching it for kind of to see the characters and see them wrestle with each other. They're always telling like kind of, um, sort of compartmentalized stories. So it's like, they always have histories one upon another. Like especially the longer term wrestlers, and they'll usually like play on that for Imagine. some sort of like silly comedy gimmick in a certain match, and I find <laughs> it very funny um like I like who and I've yeah, I don't know it's like i've I've been watching too long, but I've grown attached to like a lot of them, which I don't know maybe yeah. that says more about me, I don't know anyway, my whole point is just like if you're somehow interested in this certain type of wrestling, it's like um the company that owns it is called cyber connect or no not cyber connect that's the game one cyber something <laughs> um i think it's yeah. like cyber agent or i'm not sure now um anyway they have a they've kind of relaunched their wrestling platform like their streaming service called wrestle universe and you can get like four months for free if you sign up now because you pay in like huh. january but you get the rest of the year for free um currently yeah. so oh okay yeah so yeah basically me doing a plug for a company i'm all connected to <laughs> um hey. if, yeah yeah
0: at least, at least, people at home who might be interested or
1: have been curious about Japanese wrestling. Hey, why not? <laughs> yeah, and there's all sorts of other stuff on there as well. I just watched that mainly. Um, but I um, bet you watched yeah, Free Guy, free, yeah. did
0: you? Yeah, that was. Um, yeah, I watched that. It's folks at home. It's uh, streaming now on Disney Plus for free. So it's that Ryan Reynolds, Taika Waititi, um, Jodie Comer joe kiri i think like kind of like the main the main characters in it essentially the 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 plot is that an npc in this like gta like game has kind of uh become self-aware and all the shenanigans that can be involved in like a hyper violent video game world and and how it might interact with like and and i think it it does a good job of being respectful to the source material like i think you can tell that some of the people who are working on it actually do understand games and do care about them so yes there's a lot of cliche stuff about you know um games and and things like that but the thing is like um the terms are correct like npc uh you know avatars you know like the terminology is correct uh there's a bit of reverence about you know what it's like to be a game developer and to have like you know an indie developer having being swallowed up by a larger developer and and like taika waititi plays like basically think of someone like a very eccentric douchebaggy um like game company owner who i i don't know who'd be like the parallel to in in real life but i'd imagine like some of the people who are behind you know league of legends or something like that you know
1: uh yeah, so talking okay. about DLC,
0: microtransactions, not promise, you know, sequel promises and stuff. It's it's cool.
1: So it's like that kind of reminds you, like, it, um, that Apple Show Mythic Quest is it kind of like the guy in that one? <laughs> is that you kind of describing? maybe? I,
0: I I presume so. I haven't <clears throat> I haven't seen that, but oh, okay. yeah, no, I, I would no. presume so. Um, because I yeah, but it, it's it's overall like a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, like essentially in this world like even news normal news channels are showing live streams of of twitch and youtube and stuff so it's cool like and they do pull in like actual creators from the real world like reacting to videos of this fictional game and uh, i don't know it's a it it, i actually i i enjoyed it even my wife enjoyed it as well and like she's not a hardcore gamer or anything like that but i think she was able to follow it along and uh, and have fun with it um, yeah, I think I think it's a lot better than what you'd expect from a video game movie in twenty twenty one. I know that like video game adaptations or video game based films don't really do too well, and I think this probably does a better job of representing, you know, like a, a, a living breathing virtual world better than something like what was that movie? Is it called Ready Player One? Is that the oh, one yeah? With all the yep. Yeah, so. I think this did a better job of that and including pop culture references that were actually genuinely funny and not too shoehorned in.
1: Yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's not but, hard to do when you're comparing it to that movie though. But um, yeah, it's it's like kind yeah. of like the way you describe it being like faithful to games, it kind of makes me think it's like, it's kind of how, it's funny how far like accurate references can go even if it's just like small ones, like saying like NPC yeah. over like, whatever the hollywood equivalent is it's like yeah. that kind of stuff it tends to go far if you're trying to sell the idea that this is part of this world people are yeah. actually know something about um i don't know yeah, i'd have to yeah. see it myself but it's like i'll <laughs> trust your word on that
0: I, I definitely would like it's a lot of fun as well and um like it's <laughs> like uh, I, it, it, i think it does it's like that the pokemon the most like detective pikachu in like it does a good job of kind of mixing real world with like virtual characters um, right. and and I uh, I think I think people would really enjoy it. If you if you did like something like Detective Pikachu. I mean admittedly it does have Ryan Reynolds essentially playing the same type of person. Like he's just always um I guess in this he's less sarcastic and more like just affable and like likable. Like he's meant to be like the uh, really nice person in this universe and that kind of he does that really well. Um and and the, the whole idea of, like, you know, NPCs just being stuck in routines and not questioning it and things like that, th- that's also, like, a, it, it tackles that in a really cool way. It's, yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, it, it's, I think it's a generally fun time. So, I definitely recommend people, people give it a watch if you haven't already. Cool. <laughs> hey, and if you have seen it, do let us know what you think in the, it, it, you know, podcast at doublejump.co. Right in let us know what you think or just uh write in the discord always love to hear your thoughts i do love the idea yeah. of
1: someone emailing us to tell us about his opinion their opinion on free <laughs> guy on free guy <laughs> yeah uh
0: and and lastly i think we both finished squid game like a week and a bit ago what do you think uh oh by the way spoilers for everyone at home um, oh, shouldn't for, for, I? Don't know.
1: Maybe we won't talk about it too much to spoil too much. I guess like we should like warn people what might happen. I guess. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I'll I'll,
0: I'll 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 put timestamps in the description. Okay, people will be safe. Okay. <laughs> it's um. Yeah. 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 What, what did you think, man?
1: Um, I enjoyed it. I think like I think most people would just say that generally. Um, I ended up talking to a friend about it for a little while um, a few days after, and we kind of had a similar thoughts on the ending being sort of. Um, Satisfying in certain ways, um,
0: like shoehorning like a sequel, like actually, I was that or different.
1: I didn't mind the sequel hooks, actually. I think because I, Mm. I think I, I think I finished it right after Netflix announced that was like the biggest show they've ever had, so I kind of, yeah, I was like, I was thinking about it already. It's like, oh, I like this idea, like, I like the idea, you know, in the same way that Stranger Things is one of their like blockbuster event series, it's pretty much Mm. the only one they have currently. For I remember, yeah. I don't think they have much else. Anyway, the idea of having a new one that's like Squid Game is actually a cool idea to me where it's like every, each season is... Cause I was thinking about um, that cartoon Infinity Train that's also like an anthology series that's about like kids oh, trapped okay. on this like never-ending train. It's kind of hard to describe exactly, but it's like each train carriage is like this unique world that with like a puzzle to solve. And each okay. season follows different characters with entirely different storylines. And that's kind of what it was making me think of where it's like I like the idea of having, you know, this slow-burning story throughout the series that this one, you know, starts and carries on through to the next one by, like, following, like, a whole different section of people. Um, Yeah. Otherwise, mm. yeah, I don't know. Other people maybe disagree, (laughs) but... um, No, no, I I think for
0: me, like, I, I generally... Like, it does take a while to set up everything, and you do... Uh, like it's kind of front heavy with a lot of the violence and there's like a bit in the middle where there's like a bit of a lull and then it kind of returns to it. But I think it really, I hated the introduction of the VIPs. Like I think that whole section was really bad. Um, I yeah. could really do without that section. I was like, I think, yeah.
1: Like I found it kind of funny how they had like clearly white or otherwise non-Korean actors yeah. to speak, you know, to like try and, you know, be these English voiced uh, like english speaking like foreigners you know yeah like as vips that's like man they do not they clearly don't speak english as a first language or, or at least they don't seem to they're like yeah. they're like very stilted and off but they're like they're trying to sell this like big like boisterous american personalities yeah. i found yeah, it very yeah. like it's it's very yeah. um distracting David
0: cage it's a very quantic dream type of acting
1: yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, pretty much. But it's yeah, yeah. it's um, it's like
0: very obvious dialogue and yeah, that yeah, too. It's, it's like it's, the writing
1: for them seemed out of sync with the quality and tone yeah. of a lot of the rest of it. Like I'd rather yeah, I, I cause, don't
0: know because the thing like a, a lot of the Korean dialogue like if you have the so there's two dialogue options. One's like a simplified English and one's like the correct English. Oh, um, okay, I, I forget which ones which that you see, but my one luckily defaulted to the the proper one, and in in, like, the, the full English dialogue, like, there's a lot of nuance to the writing. Uh, apparently, it's more closer to the actual Korean being spoken, but when the English, like, when the English-speaking VIPs come in, like, their dialogue is just like, oh, let's point out what's happening here. Oh, hello, you are a f- Oh, ha, 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 that joke, ha, ha, ha. Like, yeah. it's very, yeah, is it, very strange there. I, I really think that the VIP, the concept of the VIPs, It wasn't necessary, like, it could have been, like, a hook of, we need to get this done before the VIPs arrive and never show the VIPs. I think that might have been a bit better.
1: Yeah, maybe. I I don't think I thought much about them. I definitely thought they could have been, like, when you bring it up, it's like, yeah, they could have been better. I definitely didn't enjoy them much as, like, these, you know, cartoon capitalist villains, which they're kind of meant to represent. Um I remember thinking it's like, <laughs> I was like, I think I remember getting fixated on how lame I thought what their masks were, even though they're meant to clearly be cooler um, than they, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't matter. That's like a purely cosmetic thing, but it's, um I don't know. <laughs> I, I agree with you to a sense. I don't, I don't think I thought much about it, but I would like, yeah. I, I do wish in hindsight, it's like, oh yeah, that could have definitely been better than it was in terms of like yeah. characterization um, oh. and such.
0: I, I feel like um somehow... Like, the, the police officer infiltrating the base with this magical phone that just doesn't run out of power. <laughs> I thought
1: Seems that like... was going to, like, play into it a bit more. I felt like they yeah, were aware like... of it because, like, I kind of got the sense he that showing he...
0: showing the screen, yeah? The
1: yeah, no, but I was like, it. I figured he was just, like, I, you know, he was quickly doing, you know typing the stuff in that he was and then turning yeah, it off. Turning it off and stuff. Like, that yeah. was, like, I, which, I like, if you put that together as well, I think that was, like, what most people would have thought. But I did, I was thinking, I <laughs> yeah. figured it would, like, come up eventually where it's, like, okay, I'm out of battery now, I need to get out or something like that. Yeah. And it didn't. Like,
0: maybe it's, like, maybe it's, like, Alan Wake and he's just collecting batteries as he runs around. <laughs> like, yeah. the whole mechanic. But I, I don't know. Like, I love the visual pieces and, like, the absurdity of the games and and like the this the thing is like i can totally picture a world where something like squid games can exist like mm. i'm sure there were like okay not to get into the QAnon type of conspiracy but i'm sure they're like there have to be people that are so rich that they just like nothing can really bring them joy other than like human suffering so i that's where i think like this could be plausible I mean the whole concept of an entire island being off the map i don't believe is plausible but like the concept of like you know this type of game is 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 definitely believable
1: yeah like when you say it like that it's like if it still feels like a step away from like the you know basic conspiracy of oh they have an island where they go and hunt people for sport it actually feels like a step away from that sort of premise yeah it's still yeah you know, obviously upsetting <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what did you think about the the subplot of the you know the police officer and his older brother being like the front man for this organization for these games like do you think that that could have be been fleshed out a bit more like sooner or do you think it was probably the right amount of uh like like being touched upon
1: um i felt like kind of dumb at the end for not figuring it out even though it's like I think just because of how long they waited, I guess maybe I thought it would be a bigger, different kind of reveal. Yeah, um, I thought he
0: was—I thought he was looking for his younger brother. Like, yeah, I do. Because, you know how, like at the beginning, he's got that phone call from his mom or whatever, and she's like, "Oh, you got to find your brother. I don't know where he is." He he pretty much had like the the big brother type, like attitude to it. Yeah, so that's uh, why I was thrown off by the the reveal.
1: I also thought he was, like, he just went missing, <laughs> like, from the way it was described. Yeah. I thought he, like, I didn't think it was, like, an like a long time, um, you know, haunting for this character. Like, I didn't think it was something he'd been, like, dwelling on for a long time. I figured it would, like, just yeah. happen. Though I guess that would make more sense that he'd been really fixated on it, like, obsessive over it, yeah. when he'd, like, willi- yeah. be willing to, like, follow it, you know, drive onto this... Or like take uh what was it hijack the take car over or take yeah, over the door, go right. on the boat so like he does a lot to yeah so i guess that makes more sense but yeah, uh, that's definitely yeah. what of what i was thinking of when yeah but uh, the the reveal why,
0: like but the thing is like when i was and then you know how like he goes to his apartment and it's like this tiny capsule apartment and stuff like he very much lived like a like a uni student that i would imagine in japan like not like a forty-something-year-old man with you know who's won millions of dollars before in a previous game, you know what I mean? It, it it didn't quite match. That's why I was, yeah, that's why I was like thrown off by the fact that he was the
1: older brother. Yeah, I don't I don't remember that character's apartment too much. Oh, you mean the one with like th- that he was like based with, like, in? It's basically like a
0: a, a laptop and a and a, and like uh, a bed. It was like in this tiny capsule apartment. That was oh. that was his brother's apartment. Oh, I don't remember that now. Yeah, that was, that was all the way at the beginning. Yeah, that's where his. That's where the the cop finds the. Um,
1: oh, now I remember the, the car. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's why. Yeah, I think it's like yeah. That's yeah. I guess he just kept it there so people wouldn't, like I guess so he would, um, you know, convince people that he's just missing rather than. Yeah, but I don't know why they kept the apartment for so long because that's that, that's probably another reason our CMT just <laughs> went missing rather than like yeah, had to yeah. be you know at least a year. But I think, or, or maybe not just. The I year think maybe actually. he just did,
0: but maybe he did just go missing. Maybe he did just go missing for like maybe a month or so, but the previous time he went to do the games or whatever, like maybe his brother was too young to notice. Like, oh yeah, you maybe. know,
1: like yeah, I don't know. It's uh, like this discussion especially makes me think like it's definitely like a big part of the appeal of the show because like when i started watching it's like i couldn't i couldn't think of what it reminded me of i've definitely seen something like it but it's like a puzzle box show like that's how i that's the word i use for it even though i don't think it's anyone else does (laughs) but it's you know it's like it's just like a show that you kind of it constantly feeds you clues and parts of the world and you kind of it's fun to think about and dwell on and try to like yeah kind of unlock parts together yeah it's um and it's, like, fun because, it's like, it's very engaging for mm. a television show, which I think it kind yeah. of reminded me of, like, The Promised Neverland, which is, like, an anime for a second, but it's a manga. It's, um, mm. that one's, it's about, like, a bunch of kids trapped in a, um, essentially like a child farm. That's, like, the whole point of it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, like, it's basically a jailbreak series, like prison break. Fair enough. Um. But it's like you kind of feel you learn bits and pieces about the world on top of the jailbreak stuff, which is why it's so exciting because like mechanically and like on a world level engaging, which is fun. But um, Mm. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No,
0: that's 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 yeah. Like it's it's definitely intriguing, and the games are definitely like cool. And obviously, there's a lot of iconic moments from the show. Like, what did you think about the the like? Like the dad, like the dad character, like the main character, Gihun or whatever, I think that's his name, but like, you know, like, wh- did you think, did you believe the motivations for each character?
1: Um, uh, what do you mean exactly?
0: Like, did you believe like the twists, or like, did you believe that, you know, who would turn when or who would, you know, why would they be working together and things like that? I think, I think it did a good job of fleshing out each character And and their like the the four, like, you know, the five, six main characters and their backstory and their motivations for entering a game like this. I think they'll, well, in that that sense, like,
1: I think I probably expected it to be, feel more um, backstabby than it ended up being. Ended up being more like, I feel like it it teases. Yeah, 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 that's a word for it, which I didn't mind at all. Like, it made it, I don't know, it's like a more straightforward, like, rewarding sort of show, like the way that's set up, like, you know, it spends its time setting up, you know, the idea of, alliances and stuff a lot of it is more to establish the characters and their relationships leading into towards the end more than it is you know setting up sort of like um you know a variety of like politicking i guess something like that yeah so it's
0: yeah like you'd expect more of that given the the setup but like it's and the thing is like um like the the main guy you know He's kind of like an antihero because he's a sh- he's a piece of shit as a human, but he still has redeeming
1: qualities. Like he's a terrible father, a, a terrible son. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's something I thought of though. It's like because I remember seeing, I ended <laughs> yeah. up being kind of spoiled on it ahead of time because like Polygon had yeah. an article like this person should have won the Squid Game or something, and it was the face of the yeah. the um, the younger woman who dies right before yeah, the yeah. Fa- final one. Um, And I was like, okay. Like, I figured out ahead of time, I was like, okay, it wasn't her who won. (laughs) So I was expecting her to go somehow. Uh, But it made me think about how it felt very, um, it felt like it was expecting the average viewer to have a lot more sympathy for that main character on like a very like base, like almost like patriarchal level, where it's like through Mm -hmm. that like viewpoint, where it's just like, obviously the viewer will kind of see this like kind of prominent male Protagonist as the one who yeah. should win and feel rewarded yeah, when he yeah. does, which it like yeah. it kind of does in a way, but like I don't hate him, but it's also like it definitely doesn't feel as rewarding as a as the show thought it would to like uh, to me personally at least. Um, yeah, like
0: it's pretty much got the trope of like um, you know, they're like the main women you see in the show are uh, either they are literally objects treated as objects as pieces of furniture. Um, like doting mothers, <laughs> um, you know, badass chicks who you know they can't open up, um, yeah. because of feelings, and and or like they're just you know opportunistic, kind of. I don't know, like skanky type women. I don't know how to describe the other lady. Or they're like promiscuous, really <laughs> promiscuous. Yeah. Or they are a very like submissive, like w- wives, like you know house women the other women in the show like that's like they definitely in 2021 definitely there could be more nuance to like a female character but i don't know I, I may are we expecting too much from something coming out of you know that part of the world like are we am i am i pr- am i like am i uh what is it, pro- projecting my leftist ideas or whatever on <laughs> a yeah. of different culture like, you know I, what I mean. yeah I was
1: definitely wondering similar things like I was thinking it's like like with that thought I was wondering it's like oh because I don't I really don't experience much Korean media like I've seen like you know yeah. like the rest of the world I watched Parasite and I watched like a couple of his other movies um, I I don't remember that director's name right now but I watched like, The Host uh, and I watched Snow piercer and i think yeah, that's, Pisa, that's probably it to be honest let's so say like, you know like, something kim uh, yeah be- and I, I watched a couple other malaysian movies as well i think but um i yeah. oh, not malaysian uh no, korean sorry korean but it's um it's yeah but i didn't get that much of a sense of it but it's like it feels like something that i'm so not exposed to as like a um you know cultural art form i guess like a cult- yeah. you know um that it's I don't know. I'm just not sure how. Like, it definitely made me think of it. It's like, oh, I wonder how. Like, I wonder if this is common or not. This kind of thing, or maybe it's just that it's like a mainstream thing made by Netflix with a high budget. Yeah. So much for that. It's
0: yeah, because like, you know, like, it's mean, like
1: you don't see it yeah. in America and stuff, or everywhere else mm. in the world. It's just like yeah. that's the
0: thing. Uh, like it, it still is prevalent in like Hollywood. Um, but I think Hollywood's done a better job of having better depictions of women i think um but i guess for me growing up absorbing like southeast asian cinema through bollywood and stuff like there's still like a lot of these tropes definitely exist in bollywood and bollywood's probably in a similar spot to to like probably the japanese or korean industries i guess mm-hmm. given like the cultural like norms over there but you know what um at, at least at the end of the day like no one really came out well. (laughs) Like, the old guy, with all the money he had in the world, he still died. The dad is still a piece of shit and he left his mother to die (laughs) alone and heartbroken and he'll never be able to forgive himself for that. Um, And, you know, like, the the front man, he killed his own brother for his job, (laughs) essentially. Um, And, like, even the shitty son who, you know like robbed people and blah blah, blah. like like nothing no no one came out of that really well it, even the you know the the the, the guy's mum. uh sorry the, the business guy's mum with the with the the north korean orphan kid like even that that's probably the it's not even the best like they both lost someone but they gained a whole bunch of money so it's it's like it's still very empty in that way
1: yeah and it's like when he said especially that last point it's like it definitely feels like a big part of this show is kind it's of not a happy ending show yeah <laughs> um oh yeah that was something i wanted to <laughs> yeah. mention that i kind of um i was talking to my friend about was like what do you think of the main character dying his hair red <laughs> at the end i was kind of confused by it uh, i uh, i i think it was just a
0: i think it was to symbolize him changing personality like him changing his outlook and now he's just like i don't give a fuck like okay. like he, yeah. he went from i don't give a fuck about everything to like i don't give a fuck about how people see me i just have this singular mission of who i am but that being said even at the end he's like oh fuck my daughter i'm gonna go
1: <laughs> chase down
0: this shady group of criminals <laughs>
1: yeah yeah i remember feeling angry that he was, like, homeless again for I was, like, for a, oh, I, was a, I was annoyed at that part, but I was like, oh, I kind of like that it follows through on this, like...
0: Yeah, this but um, he could have... Uh, like, he could have done that after he saw his daughter. Like, I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> but why did he have to do it then? Like, uh, <laughs> his, his, uh Yeah. Anyway, I, I'm just... Yeah, like, I guess from his point of view, like, he's like, oh, shit. What happened to me was fucked up. I want to make sure it never happens again. I get that, but like you know,
1: well, you have a daughter that you barely spent any time with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I was like, I was more annoyed at him being like homeless again for a year to abandon that kid for a whole year. Don't yeah, know like, what would happen. Yeah, to he him. didn't talk to her, and and also you know, um, uh, uh,
0: like, uh, the girl. Um, like, the girl, the one who died, like, her brother in the orphanage. Like, it took him a year to get around to
1: helping that kid. Yeah, exactly. Like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, I was, like, more annoyed <laughs> at that than anything else.
0: Yeah, and plus, there was, and plus that, the, the grandma who lost her son in the game and had no idea what's happening. Like, it took him a year to give her any help. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's borrowing $10 from people when he's got millions in his bank account.
1: Well, I guess he's not set up as like, you know, especially, I don't know, he's like, his life fell apart through to like, cause of gambling and just like, yeah. I suppose it kind of fits in his personality in a way, in certain ways. But it's, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it just ends up being like, I don't, I like the ending, I think, for the most part, in most ways. I think it's like, there are are certain ways that it's dissatisfying. But, yeah, I don't know, I'm I'm excited for that. So.
0: Fuck that old guy. He's a dickhead.
1: Yeah, they didn't. I didn't. I feel like what, that reveal was, was like a, yeah. that reveal was actually kind of like weird to me, where I didn't really feel much beyond like yeah, like know, oh, of cool. course.
0: Yeah, they didn't show him dying. He's also the one who's clearly having the most fun, um, and nothing's happening to him. <laughs> like, um, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, like there was. Oh, anyway, I think we talked about Squid Game a little. T- yeah yeah we have point. but yeah
0: it's definitely um it's on netflix if you haven't watched it already i would definitely like watch it like it, it does start off slow but it it does i guess it, it still is worth watching There's there's a lot to it there's a lot to these characters um but yeah it's don't, don't expect to come out of the show being like happy and clean like everyone comes off Dirty, even watching the show, you feel dirty,
1: <laughs> yeah. All these like corporations trying to, like, um, you know, ride the wave is like really seems to sell it as like a happy thing, almost like our, uh, like, there was like some like tweet <sighs> by Toyota, like with the like the honeycomb game, yeah. There's like someone it's... tweeting, it's like the main character is like someone who was like working at a car factory and witnessed police brutality, <laughs> it's just it's, like so it's... completely against the idea of these things, yeah. It, um yeah like it, the the whole show is like
0: criticizing you know human nature and our greed and how far we'd go to you know like <laughs> how much we'd throw the other the fellow man under the bus to get where we need where what we want and and all these corporate brands kind of embracing that that's yeah anyway yeah let's let's move on let's let's move on okay <laughs> John, do you want to talk about uh, the stories that went up last week?
1: Sure. Um, yeah, so we had a couple of stories, a couple of reviews this week. So first up was um, Ben's OLED re- Switch review. So his um, hmm. his verdict, quote, If you are going to buy a Switch, don't buy any other Switch. This is the new gold standard and it feels fresh and exciting for those with an aging device like me. Oh, that, that like me was me john <laughs> um <laughs> okay, so yeah is um yeah basically like you know covers all the stats that you'd want to know like it's um not like a hardware upgrade oh it's a physical hardware upgrade not really the internals um yeah but the physical side like the upgrades that are present in the oled switch are worthwhile to him as long as you don't already have a switch because of it's i think it's 540 it retails for here that's pretty expensive yeah. um so it's that's yeah that's too much yeah but that's too much yeah Yeah. but it definitely makes like the more like in the lead up to um the oled um releasing i just kept seeing like bits and pieces and like just wanting more and more because we talked about my like love for the vita before and I continue yeah. to love the Vita, and it's like one most one mention. It's like nothing, but one thing that Ben mentions I didn't I wasn't aware of is that the screen is glass instead of plastic, which I didn't realize was yeah. like a distinction. And it's just like it made me like, oh man, I actually really want the OLED pretty bad, because <laughs> it's like it's pretty yeah, perfect that, for me. That's the thing.
0: I think OLED needs glass, and that's what really helps with, like if if you even high end Samsung screens now are like plastic screens whereas if you see like even an entry-level oled screen like a tv is is glass i think it's just kind of a limitation of the technology that it actually requires something rigid like glass but yes that's always an upgrade like over plastic definitely helps contrast and everything as well but i'm just bummed out that like i I wonder if this is (coughs) clearly this is probably motivated by you know the lack of components and and things like that like you the the I, I was hoping I, I wonder when we'll get a proper switch 2, like an upgraded switch that, you know, can do four K upscaling or, you know, can run games at a higher frame rate and things like that. Cause games still do suffer from frame rate issues and stuff, so like I wonder when we'll get that proper switch follow up.
1: Yeah, it's Because like, I think it's easy to see the OLED as like the intended mid refresh mid gen refresh that they just did have you already ch- had 2 years ago with
0: the 2019 model switch.
1: Oh, that wasn't yeah. much of one though. It was just battery life, wasn't it?
0: Battery life. Well, it had an updated processor that gave that better battery life.
1: Oh, that's right. Um, like almost mm-hmm. double battery
0: life. Like that's the one I have. Um but, you know, fundamentally the Joy-Cons still suck in terms of how they drift. Like that's just an inherent problem to the design of the Switch Joy-Cons. Also, um the terrible ergonomics of one of the Joy-Cons, like that's those still haven't been fixed, so I guess we'll have to wait for like a switch two to see that. but yeah, if you haven't got a switch already at five hundred and fifty dollars, I'd probably you know I guess days of extreme discounts are probably far away because of the chip shortage, so maybe this is a bargain, considering the fact that you can't get really get anything else
1: yeah, I think like Ben like the, he mentioned in his review that you know if you're gonna buy a brand new one like spend the extra or save the extra 15, 30% more to buy the OLED. I'm not sure how, I don't know. He really likes his. So <laughs> I was I was kind of, I, yeah. I want to talk to him about it just because like it's kind of one of those hardware things that you really need to... Um, you have to experience Yeah, it, I guess. like especially when it's like a screen mm. quality thing. It's like I've seen, fo- you know, seen photos yeah. of like comparisons and it definitely looks better, but it's definitely one that's like, oh, I really need to see it in person or like see just hear some yeah. more firsthand stuff, which... Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it's, like, readily available elsewhere as well, you know, as people talking yeah, about like it. like, I've been
0: using OLED phones for a decade, and I've been, using like, watching OLED TV for, like, you know, four years now, but when I saw the Nintendo Switch, like, the one I have right now, I didn't see any issues with the screen as it was yeah it's um like I think it had great contrast and great colors and everything as it was, so like it's not like you're starting from a bad starting point, I think you're starting from a good one, but now this can make it even better yeah
1: it's like I think part of the reason i've been I've like, like personally really wanting one is that like I've been playing Mario Galaxy for the last like week and a half or so yeah that would
0: really yeah be it's, a it's really nice looking <laughs> like, i
1: I kind of you know, it's been a while since I saw it because I would have played it like in high school like not long after it came out so it's like you know first time seeing in like over a decade and it's like as like people are talking about the OLED screen it's like oh man this would be so nice for it Um, but yeah yeah, yeah. anyway so yeah Ben's happy with it so if you're looking um, yeah so check out the review if you need some more info yeah make up your own mind (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) yeah don't let us dissuade you or persuade you have a read through the review and look online yeah and if I guess when things open up again if you can see one in person
1: like Definitely, would recommend it. Mm. Uh, yeah,
0: and then we also had um,
1: Ruby's Alan Wake remaster review, John. Yep. Um, yeah. So Ruby, like she's, um, she really, was the word? She has a strong connection to the game. Like she has a lot of, um, I'm not sure, nostalgia is the best word for it, but um, she has stronger opinions on the game than most, I think. Like a mm. stronger connection to it. So um, her um, summer like her verdict for the overall remaster this time is quote, um, Remastered might not bring much new content to the table, but the improved textures and subtle animation enhancement add extra polish to a narrative experience that stands up mm. as one of Remedy's best. So um, yeah, which is actually exciting because like, I'm, I'm very Fantastic. looking forward to eventually playing that because I've been yeah. wanting to play it again for a while um, just to have the means currently. Um, but Ruby also mentions some things about, um, which I hadn't heard of before, is that she connects it to, an, or she describes it as an exploration of mental health particularly Depression, which Mm. I found really interesting, actually. Like, I definitely want to replay it with that in mind because the way she describes it, it's like, oh, that's actually like genuinely fascinating and kind of Uh. lines up pretty perfectly.
0: Oh, okay, fair enough. Like, I've never even... I guess I've never played it myself and all I have are, like, kind of the impressions from the time when it came out, like what people said about it. I guess Depression wasn't really talked about in the game then, but I guess as an industry, we hadn't really talked about anything outside of does it look good does it shoot good does it sound good you know what i mean
1: <laughs> yeah 2011 was probably you know the kind of year that way that would not have been thought up really much at all yeah um oh but ruby does mention something else as well which i had no idea about apparently there's new hidden videos in the remaster that Ooh. link back to control um makes sense like which would not have been there yeah which i didn't know that was there though because like uh, like I, I didn't think they would be adding anything new to it like it's for all I know it's like 20 seconds worth of footage or something like that but it's yeah. like I love the idea that they're actually continuing to push forward this like connected Shed universe because yeah. <laughs> like yeah for those didn't who didn't know don't know Alan Wake cameoed in the second DLC for control mm. Um, he wasn't in it much it's but it's still connected a big yeah. part to his, um Alan Wake is the game Um, <laughs> so yeah that was very exciting <laughs> like I didn't had no idea and it's like reading through the review it's like oh whoa like that makes me like a really hey, good to on prioritize playing, I guess it. yeah
0: yeah so so those were the stories on doublejump.co last week how about we take things over to the world of news and the major stories from this past week John uh, kick us off with
1: this uh, latest development from Twitch what's going on yeah um, a short one this time to follow up I think last week we talked about it was... Um, the massive after, leak. Yeah, the massive leak. <laughs> Massive such an understatement too. Um, so Twitch has... Yeah, short update. Twitch has... Conf- uh, um, or they say that no passwords, user passwords have been exposed in the um, recent leak, um, saying that um, they're confident that they... Um, what was it? That the systems that store the Twitch login ins- credentials weren't accessed um, and neither were banking information or full credit card date numbers... Um, So hopefully that's exactly as true as they say. Um, Otherwise, yeah, so still a good idea to change your password and update your um, bank details and so on and so forth. Just make sure that you're not in danger. Um, But otherwise, good news for people, for like, you know, the average consumer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's probably like a reminder that even things that are like owned by you know huge companies like amazon that you think have you know super tight security and stuff can still be breached um
1: yeah especially yeah, so this time it was good i feel careful. like i can't remember the last time i've been so reminded fully of oh, okay i really can't trust these corporations to do anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: that's true that's true <laughs> yeah and the the next story um is <clears throat> a follow-up to what we learned about last week um about uh ea Considering not renewing its official naming rights agreement with FIFA, so FIFA is kind of like the the worldwide governing body for football or soccer, depending on you know where you're from. Uh, Essentially, the uh, this is a report coming out of the New York Times, and 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 it's that FIFA has given a US one billion dollar asking price for the rights uh, for for EA to use the rights. Of all of its official branding as well as anything to do with the World Cup. And this essentially represents, apparently, quote, more than double what EA is currently paying for these rights. And this $1 billion fee is not just like kind of, you know, for 10 years or whatever, it's for every World Cup cycle, which, you know, is between four to five years, depending on, you know, if there's a pandemic or not. But it's it's a it's a crazy amount of money but given how much money EA makes from FIFA you know maybe this is justifiable but you can understand why EA is probably a bit hesitant um to kind of sign this this renew this deal and uh like coincidentally um or like in I guess in response to a lot of the reporting around this uh FIFA updated its website with an official like kind of news story news post saying that it's actually been in talks with like esports uh teams and uh like other like kind of partners uh to explore other things outside of like the ea fifa games uh definitely it's i think maybe fifa is looking at it saying like hey we're making this much money off exclusively giving our rights to this company how about we also give it to these other companies. Maybe we could sell something to do with, you know, Bitcoin or cryptocurrency or, you know, likenesses or whatever whatever it is. So, there's definitely um, a lot happening in the world of, like, virtual football. But uh, another related story is that EA has re-signed its, um, like, agreement with Fifth Pro, which is, like, a representation body for, like, thousands tens of thousands of real players their teams as well as like official leagues like UEFA so if EA can get the players the teams and a lot of the official leagues does I guess the thing is like does it really need the game to be called the FIFA or to have the FIFA branding
1: yeah it doesn't reading that last part it's like it definitely doesn't seem like something EA would need at all like, right? Like, I don't play it, so I don't... Like, I just, associate, I just assume with um, whatever that mode is called. Is it Ultimate Team or something Ultimate like that? Ultimate Team, yeah. yeah, Like, um, the cash cow. Yeah, I figured that was, like, mostly to do with players and leagues, right? Like, it wasn't really to yeah. do with... I guess, FIFA like, because the other... The main thing, aside from the name, is the World Cup usage, I guess. But it's yeah. like, is that really that, like, prominent in the FIFA games? I don't think so. Like, I think... Like, obviously,
0: like, tying in with the marketing and stuff, like, it's always a good thing. But, you know, EA used to traditionally create, like, a FIFA World Cup game separate to the FIFA game that year. And I think oh. in recent years, it's more become, like, like a larger mode within FIFA itself, but... Or within the FIFA, the game, sorry. But other than that, like, honestly speaking, I don't really think... Like, you can always get around, you know, the... Um, the the, the world cup branding you can always say like oh you know th- you know th- you can call it the mode as like you know the world game or you know like the the world competition mode you know what i mean <laughs> like it's a very clearly reference <laughs> yeah something like that right like a it doesn't goblet, necessarily <laughs> yeah. have to um be like world cup branded like i think fifa the game is big enough that more people know the game as just the EA. It's just the football game. They probably don't even, I bet a lot of people don't even know that FIFA is a company behind it that it was licensed from. You know what I mean? It, it must yeah. be something
1: like that. Like especially when it's like a very um, bizarre stance for FIFA to try to take. Like, I understand them playing kind of hardball in terms of yeah. like trying to, you know, really demand the kind of, you know, profit sharing. That makes sense, considering yeah. how much EA yeah, makes. But on the other hand, EA yeah, like FIFA is like the only one left because uh a PAS has e- turned football, into you mean e- yeah, and <laughs> like I guess they could get it, but that I mean they probably wouldn't not benefit from it. Yeah, but they're like they're I don't know if that game can, remains as terrible as people say it is. I don't think they've become even less of a competitor than before. Yeah. So I don't know. It's I, like I it's, what else is going to yeah. FIFA going to do? <laughs>
0: Well, that's the thing like um i think what it is is fifa is saying like oh you know this ultimate team thing imagine we licensed someone like zynga or something to make a mobile game out of it we'd make you know billions right right or or imagine we sold nfts or we sold you know virtual avatars or something in Fortnite and other things like that right so i think what this is my speculation is that fifa's like okay ea wants to stay exclusive we don't want to be exclusive. Let's just let's just put down a ridiculous number that EA will have to like will have to seriously reconsider being exclusive. You know what I mean? Right. It's like maybe something like that, and that's why this number seems so huge, and that's why it's taken EA, like you know, taking a step back and and reevaluating it. That's that's what I'm speculating. None of this yeah. is confirmed, but that's how I see it.
1: I can see that. I can definitely see yeah. it being like. Cause I'm not sure if that was reported that way, but the idea that the price is so high for the exclusive exclusivity, primarily, yeah. like that makes some sense. Though I, I still mm. think the one billion is like should have looked up the um, FIFA sales. Though I don't think they release a lot of the Ultimate Team sales actually. So uh, yeah. like you'd have to look up the actual EA revenue stuff. Um, but it's I don't know. It could like it's like when it, when I read one billion asking price for four years, that sounds like in my mind. For like my largely being ignorant, but knowing that FIFA makes just a crazy amounts of money, it sounds yeah. reasonable, <laughs> like just as like a share of whatever they make. For, yeah. yeah. So I don't know, <laughs> but if it's just with a FIFA name, then probably not. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Like he- here's the thing, like uh, for some context, like um, Goal.com, like a huge kind of like football website, I guess, like it, according to like one of its articles from earlier this year, in, in EA's annual report for 2020, like fiscal year 2020, which just ended in in um, March this past year, this past March, apparently EA made more than 1.6 billion US dollars from FIFA
1: this past year. Oh, okay. So, like, so I guess they could be making, you know, 7 billion? Is that how that math turns yeah, out? Yeah, like, like, say, for example...
0: Say uh, FIFA Ultimate. Okay, so say it pays one billion dollars for four years, right? Yeah, it'll make one point six per year. So, let's say you divide that one billion by four years, you get two hundred fifty million a year. Is the cost right? So yeah, imagine right. you're financing a car or something, like a very expensive car. <laughs> <laughs> but the like, even if you take back two hundred fifty million, they'd still have like say one point three billion left over per year. Mm. Like y- you can. Y- yeah, so maybe, maybe it isn't as unreasonable as it sounds, but you know,
1: when it doesn't, well, yeah, when it's yeah. For, like really not attached to the players and stuff, it does sound yeah. absurd though because I like it yeah. really does need that bar at the end where EA have already re-signed with or for all that stuff. So the yeah. idea that they're only paying for FIFA name and the World Cup branding and like seemingly nothing else, is yeah, yeah, that's probably not worth it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and realistically, like. You can only... I, I can think of, like, Fortnite. Fortnite, I think, already does kind of tie-ins with, like, individual players or maybe, like, a team. So it doesn't need FIFA for that. And, like, Konami's not in not in a position to invest more, like, billions of dollars into games. Like, Konami basically does the bare minimum. And I can I can see... I can, I can really only see, like, 2K sports doing something. Yeah. But even then, like, 2K like, stopped making, like, the NHL games, the the the, the American football games and uh, stuff, because it just couldn't compete with EA, and EA did the same with hockey, like, I think EA's, like, EA, like, you know, baseball and all that stuff, like, I think it's basically just, like, uh, EA's sports games are just football, golf, and American football, like, yeah, I think everything else is, like, visual concepts, or like Sega does like those random tennis games. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah, tennis yeah. is in a weird spot actually. But um
0: Maybe the Embracer Group will will buy FIFA. No I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> actually honestly sounds closer than most ideas. <laughs> but yeah. um <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, it's um I don't know, I'm not sure there's too much that to actually. I think FIFA's being dumb if this is really all they've got to yeah. bargain with yeah and oh yeah that's what i was going to say it's like if anything fifa's offering ea the opportunity to like really mold the brand in their own image without fifa being part of it which fifa has like way more to lose from that and like ea has like all the ability and like potential to actually do that too like you know they create ea football and then like and then just kind of and it doesn't take much work like people will still figure it out you know like 90 you know the vast, especially when there's no other soccer games on the stands. Yeah. So it's just like it doesn't take. I don't know. FIFA's being yeah, dumb like, again.
0: Like like EA owns the Ultimate Team brand, right? Hmm. It doesn't matter if there's FIFA in front of it or you know NFL or whatever. Like if you if EA just if EA said okay, fine, we're no longer we're ex- we're not happy to re sign. We just call it Football Ultimate Team. You know. Or like you know, or EA Ultimate Team, and then you choose what sport you want. EA would still make billions from that.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean, they'll probably call like, it like Ultimate Soccer or something. I yeah, mean, yeah, whatever like, it is. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, I know. I don't like that. They yeah. might name like the whole game Ultimate something Soccer else. to try yeah, and exactly, connect it to right? Ultimate Team. Something and like and then, this, yeah. and then
0: you don't need FIFA because you've you've got the likenesses, you've got the player stats, you've got the names, you've got the jerseys, you've got the teams, you've got their sponsors and stuff. Like everyone's happy. It's just FIFA doesn't. The FIFA, the company, doesn't get anything out of it. Yeah, it's but a big
1: gamble for FIFA. <laughs> like the idea yeah. that they can make more money. I mean, maybe they will, but like make more yeah. money from like a variety of other things. Yeah, other projects. But um, yeah. Yeah, anyway. I,
0: and, and I think right now, I think FIFA needs EA more than EA needs FIFA. Like where things are right now
1: in 2021. Yeah, it's yeah yeah. Just like we talked about, it, it's like man, this is dumb. <laughs> it's Like, <laughs> like that, was, that was a bizarre move. <laughs>
0: Well, um, let's let's move away from you know the virtual world of football and, and and talk about some of the needs and wants of players, of Animal Crossing players. And I think Nintendo's uh, tried to uh, make a lot of these players happy. Can you tell us about that, John?
1: Yeah, it's um yeah big. It's like a bigger news story overall than you'd expect. It's like so um, Nintendo just had the Animal Crossing themed direct, which they announced last month, I think. Oh, in their last Direct, that's right. Um, So there's another Direct for... um, uh, Oh, no, sorry. This is the second Direct of two. So the Smash Direct already happened. This is the second one. And it's all for Animal Crossing this time, um, where Nintendo announced both a free update and a paid expansion for Animal Crossing New Horizons from last year. So the free update, um, the 2.0 update, which they'll bring it to, um, last major free update for the game, Um, Brings back a lot of kind of fan-favorite things in general from the series. So a bunch of characters like Brewster at the Roost Cafe. um, Cap'n, who's this like shanty singing kappa, And um, Katrina, this fortune teller, um, they're back. Um, Gyroids, this kind of like strange collectible item. um, They were last seen in the Animal Crossing New Leaf game from 2013. They're back. Um, a bunch of new direct decorations, including the froggy chair, which I wasn't really. Yeah, um, that one's yeah. So that's been added to the game as well. That's another thing that's been in the series historically. So yeah, basically just kind of bringing New Horizons like back up to like in certain areas, back up to the level that people expected from it initially. Yeah, um, which is like a kind of a nice place to leave it. To be honest, I kind of like how they did that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So oh yeah but like uh, just a bunch of new decorations and I'm not sure there was too much else but yeah just a lot of new stuff especially yeah. for a free update and then on mm-hmm. top of that they also announced Happy Home Paradise a paid expansion so this is the first paid expansion or DLC for this series I think in general um, aside from Amiibo I guess which might count um, yeah <laughs> yeah so it seems very oh, reminiscent Amiibo. of yeah it seems very reminiscent of Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer like the 3DS spinoff from a while yep. ago yeah. um so it has a new gameplay mode where you're working as a vacation home designer so you kind of get um i guess like tasks like queries whatever to create like certain types of vacation homes and types of interiors for certain yeah. villages you kind of work do you know do that to the best of your ability and then yeah. you get paid for it and you get like that specific payment is like a certain currency that could be used for certain like very like Particularly rare rare items that I don't think you can access in the main game. Maybe you can, or maybe it's just rare items in general. I'm not Mm. sure. Anyway, so there's like a larger goal for your main game mode beyond it as well. Um, Yeah. So it seems to add like a lot of extra house like design options. So like such as like in. (laughs) Do you actually play it? Yeah.
0: No, but (laughs) I I,
1: like I know that
0: the besides the playing with your friends part of it this is the part that everyone loves about animal crossing is just putting together like the the you know the coolest house or the craziest house like having your own personality in your own space and um like this is what people have been wanting <laughs> like yeah like it's it's really yeah, impressive actually like sitting, yeah. like
1: looking at the trailer it's like so it's like one of the things that stands out is you can like create pillars and walls to like separate your house your rooms into like smaller rooms and spaces Um, but there's like a lot of detailed items you can like, so I think there's like customizable countertops and like just lots of interior design, like smaller, like kind of micro level sort of customization, which I was like, I don't know. I never thought about much, but the fact that they're able to add it, I don't know. It's it's very impressive to me. It's,
0: it's, it's, I'm pretty sure this is like what, like, I'm sure there are a lot of people who just love this stuff. You know whether that was like back when the you know playing The Sims and and you know creating the Sims and and you know their personalities and creating the the homes they live in. Like, I, I bet there were a lot of people who just like as soon as they finished making the home and everything, they would just delete it and start again. Like that's the only part yeah. they really cared about. They didn't mm-hmm. care about the day to day management and the chores. Um yeah, so I would I would see this like that.
1: <laughs> mm. Yeah, Sims is a good comparison actually. it does actually remind me of it, like customizing the space, like it's it's like not quite to that level, but pretty close for Animal Crossing, yeah. especially. Um anyway, so the both the free expan- free update and the expansion Happy Home Paradise. Um they're both coming out on November five. Um the expansion mm-hmm. costs in Australia thirty seven fifty, uh, which I think translates or uh, converts to twenty five dollars in the US. Um which is kind of mm. expensive for um, we'll have to wait till to see it. Like it looks like pretty good for a DLC to be honest. Like, you know, yeah. it's a clever way to do an expansion for um Animal it, Crossing.
0: It's, to me. It's um it's expensive in general, but it makes sense, like unfortunately it makes sense for a Nintendo expansion. It does, yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, yeah, that's that part's not too surprising. Speaking um, of which John Yeah, <laughs> yeah speaking of us. which uh, um, yeah, so the main news, I think, that came out of Direct was that Nintendo also announced the launch details for the expansion pack subscription tier for Nintendo Switch Online. So this was originally announced um, last month as well, um, would include Nintendo 64 games and Genesis games. or Is it Genesis or Mega Drive here? I always forget.
0: Mega Drive here. Mega Drive. Yeah, Mega Drive.
1: Yep. yeah so yep. Mega Drive games um, as part of like a second extra um, subscription you add to your like existing Switch Online subscription. Um, otherwise, we didn't know anything else. So yeah. they have announced that annually, per year, the expansion pack plus Switch Online will cost sixty dollars for individual users and one hundred and ten dollars for a family membership, where you can yeah, split it up. Yeah, Australian pricing. Yep. Yeah, Australian pricing. Um, this is basically double the price of the, the current like the base subscription, which is thirty and fifty-five respectively. Um, as of yeah. right this is actually the part that gets me personally because I don't it's is um that they've removed the one month and three month packages which actually are really frustrating to me because like I love the idea of getting like a month and playing like a few of the games on this like yeah. beefier like mini game pass virtual console yeah thing. yeah but like you can't. You have to buy like you have to pay like a big subscription. Like it's not. It's like slightly less than PlayStation Plus, I think, and Xbox Live Gold. Yeah, I think like okay. Because I think it's seventy dollars here for those two. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and the expansion pass includes Happy Home Paradise. Yes. Yeah, um, and I guess like um and those Mega Drive and sixty four titles. And uh, did Nintendo announce if future expansions for games will also be included? No, I think that was uh, covered.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, they haven't announced it. It's very much the thing Nintendo wouldn't bother announcing, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's because it's, Nintendo like, doesn't fucking care.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. Honestly, I mean, uh, no one like yeah. But it's like actually, <laughs> it's um, yeah. It's a lot of opinions on it. I think. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: Sorry, sorry, John. I'm gonna have to. Uh, number one, fuck Nintendo for doing this. Like, number one. It is embarrassing that you even have to pay for the Nintendo Switch Online's, like, that you even have to pay a subscription fee for it. I, I, like, online play on the Switch should be free because it's the most bare bones 2008 level, like, online. Actually, no, it's worse because Xbox Live Arcade on the original Xbox was more reliable than, and more, like, user-friendly than the nintendo switch online like number one you couldn't even use bluetooth headsets you couldn't even use headsets with just the switch system until like a month ago when that update came out you had to use the bloody like phone phone app (laughs) and like there was no headset like heads like there's a physical headphone plug but the headset was disabled or it, it doesn't support like the microphone function like it's there's the the adding friends and friend codes and all that stuff still exists, and that's been a problem since the Wii. Fifteen years of this, like, okay, y- adding friends is difficult. Um, uh, playing online it's not even that reliable from what I've I've heard. Uh, yes, you get those like you get access to emulated games, which is great. And I guess if you just see it as, oh, I pay thirty dollars a year to get those games. And then I just happen to be able to play online. Great. But if I just want to play Animal Crossing, if, if I was a parent buying, like, you know, my I wanted to, my kid wants to play Animal Crossing with their sibling or with someone else, with their cousins or whatever, the fact that I have to pay for this is dumb because I get nothing else out of it. And there's no achievements. Some people like or don't, like, love it or leave it. Doesn't matter. It's a standard feature now. Like, Epic Game Store just got it. You know what I mean? Like, Epic Game Store is just like matching is already ahead of Nintendo. <laughs> you know what I
1: mean? Like, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm mixed but on the this is, achievement yeah. thing, but everything else, yeah, it's like yeah. um, it's
0: like cloud saves are hit or miss.
1: Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, like, like, um,
0: I personally avoided buying online games like if you buy an online game from nintendo like if you buy anything digitally sorry versus physically um good luck like you're taking a risk that nintendo will either support that game or whether that'll be playable in the future whether you'll own it in the future because nintendo has a notoriously shit way of transferring things from devices right you know you have to physically send things back or you link them together and it still isn't like perfect
1: well on that last part thankfully hopefully that's like resolved more or less because of the account system that's like that's oh, like the, the account big upgrade was atrocious. No but that, that was like the big yeah. upgrade with Switch though is cuz we oh, didn't have that yeah. on Wii U it was all like console bound. Um it's like yeah, Switch actually has is, there's to that, still which multiple
0: is nice. online like you had like a Nintendo online ID then you had a my Nintendo ID like you had like it's just like figure your shit out. Like I don't understand why do people keep forgiving Nintendo for like Basically, it's like saying, "Oh, um the bully at school. It tells really awesome jokes, and I love listening to their jokes. But every time I listen to their joke, they slap me in the face and call me names. But the jokes are really good, so I always go back to them. Like, fuck that! I don't care how how good Nintendo's games are, how good the system might be, like the physical hardware, whatever. Blah 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 blah. If like." i'm not gonna get nintendo switch online i don't think i'm ever gonna get it because i'm just like i refuse to get pay for this piece of shit like service and the fact that okay yes nintendo um is like okay we realize that maybe some people were doing it for uh, like playing for one month or paying for three months right not everyone can afford a yearly subscription up front you know there are plenty of people who buy games secondhand or buy pre-owned games they're trading games things things on that like we we can't throw a blanket thing across all of gaming right like some people like oh it's it's so like it's nintendo switch online so cheap why not just pay for it but it's like why should you have to when it's replicating something that even sony got right with the ps3 like that was you know what i mean like it's just it's frustrating It's frustrating that we forgive Nintendo for for all this bullshit.
1: <laughs> I'm not even sure if it's forgiveness for a lot of people so much as just acceptance after a certain point. Yeah, which counts for yeah. a lot of gaming, really. But it's like, yeah. um, it's yeah. I like as someone why? who doesn't like, I because I don't have the Switch Online service either because I have no use for it. Yeah. Um, like because I was planning on using like the trial at one point to play like Super Metroid or something, but I never. I just never yeah. bothered doing it. But it's like, um. But it's like the expansion pass, like, or pack, rather, is, um, I don't know, it's curious to me because, like, having the DLC in it implies that they could be adding more DLC to it in the future, which actually sounds like a thing yeah. that could happen because it's like, it's kind of a way of saying, oh, I've got this expansion for, like, the new Xenoblade game, but I don't know, have the yeah. Xenoblade game, but it's like I have the expansion pass because I have the expansion pack for other reasons. I was like, oh, yeah. you know, I might buy it, just got to have access to that. Uh, I can see that yeah. happening even though that sounds like a lot of value for a Nintendo thing. I feel yeah. like the expansion pack like I feel like having adding the DLC is like a one-off thing for Nintendo, but I'd like I like to be wrong about it cuz I think yeah. it it's kind it's, of a neat way to do it. Like it it um
0: it does take engineering time and maintenance and stuff, but online store like Nintendo could just call up Amazon or even Microsoft for its Azure system and be like, hey, we need some cloud servers to make a... We want to have a an online system that actually is relevant in 2021. Nintendo could just do that, but Nintendo refuses to do that. Like, you know, dedicated servers or even reliable connections and easy to use. Like, these are, these are quality of life things, you know. You should be able to just connect with people and play with them. You should be able to... Um, have reliable connections when you're playing games you you should have access to cloud saves and know that your game will support it not some games will support it some games will not support it you know what i mean like those are things yeah. that should be compulsory not nice to have they are need to haves. and the fact that nintendo hasn't done that and it's and has had 15 years of uh, actually no i'm pretty sure there was online games in the gamecube right like Come on, you can't charge for an online system and
1: not get the basics right.
0: I don't agree with that.
1: Yeah, it's... Yeah. Like, because the only thing it's got going for it as a, like an online service is how like it's less than half the price-ish yeah, than but the other services. I'm not saying it's defending yeah, yeah. It. I'm just I saying know, it's like, know, that's the only yeah, thing it's got that's, going that's, for it. And, and, and like, Nintendo
0: like, knows that the majority of... Like,
1: there's a lot of people who are like, ah, oh, it's cheap enough that I don't care. And it gets away with it. That's and the they main. have the family thing which a lot of people yeah. pay like you know a dollar a month or something when they split it with a bunch of people which yeah, feels man, like nintendo kind of got ahead of with the expansion pack for how expensive the family ownership is this time yeah yeah um oh anyway that's what i was going to mention there is that apparently like um what's her name emily rogers i think um yeah. uh nintendo leaker apparently part of the reason that it's so expensive beyond just normal nintendo reasons with is that um right yeah it's like they It's like apparently Sega was a big part of it because Sega missed the um, Wii U uh, virtual console. Like They Mm. just weren't part of it because they weren't happy with what they were paid for the um, virtual console for the the Wii. So they kind of ended up paying them a lot more this time um, to get access to those games. And then there's also licensing costs on top of that towards like Capcom and... Um, Like you know, Banjo-Kazooie on sixty four. That's like Microsoft thing now, and it's like there's like like lots of licensing agreements. Yeah, which I like. um, Oh, that's what I was gonna say. That like that would kind,
0: but don't rope in online play with that. Then just yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna say. Like you Mm. can you can have the um, abysmal online. Like like the the turkey slap of online play that Nintendo provides. Yes, I'll I'll you might tolerate that for free, right? But don't tolerate it when you're already when you have to pay for it. You know? Yeah, that's mm. that's yeah. Okay. I'm not I'm not gonna talk anymore. I think <laughs> I think I what I've had yeah. to say. Okay. October twenty sixth is when this expansion pack plus Nintendo Switch Online combo comes out. Check it out. Uh you know, uh, yeah, anyway. Oh, i sorry, did John. want to say that yeah. is like Please. um
1: beyond all this like you know earned fervor <laughs> like rage i guess <laughs> um towards the online service one thing i actually really like the idea of which i'm not you know confident similar to the dlc thing where it's like they could like add like expansion packs like you remember how like that nintendo oh no sorry the super mario like remaster came out like a yep. few months ago we had it reviewed the the, um, the 3d collection all size yeah, 3d right. Super yeah, Mario and it had the like 3D All Stars. Yep. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, with the no, not 3D All Stars. No, it's the um, the other one where it's like the four player one. Oh, I hate that. I don't remember the name. Oh, like 3D oh. World, I think it was called. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. The one that was yeah, on the Wii had, U and remade. Yeah, yep. that one. 3D World. Um, yeah. It had and it had the Bowser expansion with it as well yeah, like in Fury, the, yeah. and like that feels like something like that's like another you know expansion that would be like a good fit for something like this like it didn't yeah. it doesn't make sense in retrospect you like it doesn't you know yeah, yeah. now but it's like a good like i like the idea of having chunks of content that you like add to the service that's like good mm. media expansions i'm not sure yeah. like especially when they're expensive to start off with like because this true. one, you know the animal crossing one's like half the price of the game so <laughs> that's like a lot yeah. um Anyway, my point is that, like, I actually like the idea as, like, a you know, yeah, like what I said earlier, it's, like, a virtual console game pass where it's, like, they kind of start adding, you know, Game Boy games and Game Boy Advance games yeah. and even GameCube games, maybe. Like, cause I haven't yeah, played virtually. so many of those games that I would lo- like I'd genuinely cool. love to play. And it would it'd probably like be GBA, worth the price. Yeah, I'd
0: love to play. Like, there were so many amazing
1: GBA games. I'd love yeah. to be able to play them. I never got like, to play them when I was a kid. Yeah, like, in my mind, this expansion pack right now is, like, not worth the price at all but it's yeah. exciting to me the idea that it might be one day <laughs> with like yeah, a lot well, of new games thing. added to the service i'm not sure if it'd be worth it for the online part but the like virtual console stuff that I otherwise can't don't have access yeah. to like i think that's a very cool idea long term but we'll 100%. see if it actually happens because i'm not confident yeah. it will like I think the yeah. Game Boy stuff will, because I'm pretty sure that's been like Ooh, re- leaked already. Leaked and for a while, yeah. I have no, I, I don't think Game GameCube will, but I'd like to think it might. <laughs> but yeah. um, I just yeah, don't anyway. think the the Switch has enough horsepower
0: to run GameCube games. Yeah, that's true. That's probably but, true. Or not to run them well, I'd say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Um, we'll move on to the. Um, I guess the next main. The, the main,
0: the next main story I think we should cover is what's been going on
1: in the, in terms of workplace drama across the industry. Yeah. Um, yeah, so across three companies this time, all at mm-hmm. once, um, all in one week. Um, so first off is Mercury Steam, developer of the recently rele- released Metroid Dread. Yep. Um, they re- previously released the Metroid Samus Returns game and the previous, um, 3D Castlevania games on last gen systems or mm. last last gen. So, as um, it was reported by the Spanish website Vandal, several former employees from the developer have spoken up about not being included in the credits of the final game. So, um, a number of artists have kind of, yeah, they've just spoken up about how they worked on the game for months and they can actually mm. see the assets and the contributions yeah, they in the game. The work. Yeah, and then, like, you know, and they just haven't been included. And um, a spokesperson for Mercury Steam. Um, they responded to, Vert, they told Vandal that aside from exceptional contributions, their quote, mm. um, an employee must have worked on a game for 25% of its total development time to be included in the final release, um, final game's credits. So since Metro Dread was in development for, at least according to this report, um, th- around three years, mm. the developer would not, need to have worked on the game for at least nine months to qualify, which these people didn't. Even though they've, you know, you know, they were there for a good chunk of time, and they might not have needed to be there, you know, like there's all sorts of reasons why they wouldn't stay there that long, but would still be, you know, worth crediting. And anyway, yeah. So, like, what um, if
0: your part of the project was done early? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, like it seems very arbitrary. Yeah,
1: like this um credits. uh, We won't go into it today, uh, partly because I don't know enough about it. There, like this kind of. News isn't very new in the game industry. Like there's mm. all sorts of, you know, messy things. Like you know, just exploitation of being credited in games. Like it comes up a lot. Um, it's just like another time. Um, so in this report, um, Vandal also reported that Mercury Steam includes a clause in their employee contracts that require a notice period of 42 working days, which is well above the 15-day minimum that um, that the Spain's workers' statute um, mandates. So if you were leave before 42 days you have to impo- like you get a a financial penalty on you which is also terrible. Um yeah so this was
0: 42 days that's a month and a half. Yeah so that's long. huge that's a long like, time.
1: It was like 6 7 weeks about I didn't actually count yeah, it exactly.
0: it is yeah it's like 6 7 weeks. Imagine you were trying to leave a very toxic and shitty place which mm maybe could be uh, the case here but like uh, imagine having to work with those people in that environment for another you know almost two months before you can leave knowing that you've already
1: are leaving yeah, and then you don't get credited. <laughs> um, yeah, so but on that note of toxic and shitty workplaces, um, and eight Games, another Spanish website, they've expanded on ba- like basically this entire report um, mm. by detailing how Mercury Steam has a very ca- like or at least Metroid's um, Metroid like this development. Did. But I think yeah. we've heard similar things in previous games because similar. There was a, I remember there was a news story about Castlevania 2 with similar. Um, but it wasn't like, like a full of Shadow? Is yeah, that the one, one that was? Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so a chaotic development period, credits that fail to include at least fifty people. So this is not just a few people, and um, and a culture that frequently punishes workers and exploits a fear of speaking out against one of Spain's largest game developers because it's a pretty small <sighs> talent pool. You know, like there's not too yeah. many jobs available, so it's very very easily to be blacklisted by very petty managers. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, just to summarize quickly. Um, so it translated from Spanish, so some of it might be a little wrong. Um, former employees said that salaries are very low, which is, it reminds me of a story. Like NetherRealm has a similar problems because they're like the only major mm. studio in Chicago, so they paid they do not pay much. Yeah. Like you know, these studios that are like in major cities with almost no other places. It's like yeah, and um, City Project Red has similar reports as well. Yeah. Um, employees were considered problematic for trying to. N- Trying to negotiate their conditions, and so these are quotes. Yeah, yeah quotes.
0: these are like excerpts, quotes. Yep.
1: Yep. And um, that studio management in response to the pandemic was quote total and utter chaos end quote. Uh. So um, yeah, just completely yeah. like if you um, if you want to go read the article, it's linked on our digest, but because um, it's kind of long, but part of the pandemic response was that you know they're just completely resisting um, work from home conditions and like pushing people to get back into the office way sooner like not even like you know inadequately providing like code protections in the office all sorts of stuff yeah um, yeah and and lastly on um, Mercury Steam story um, the human resource department was highlighted as well with one former employee claiming quote when you don't accept what they propose for example in relation to salary they take it as an attack they do not want to discuss salaries and I know of colleagues who are fired for that end quote so, um, yeah, just a whole, <sighs> yep. whole bundle of great stuff. Mm. Um, it's kind of, yeah, anyway. So, um, next up is Quantic Dream, the French developer behind um, Detroit Heavy Become Rain, Human. and Yeah, yeah. that's a Detroit. And, Beyond um, Two Souls. Yeah, all those weird French <laughs> games. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like people tend to look back of them more like poorer and poorer (laughs) they they just
0: yeah like they Um, they try so hard um yeah and like david cage is himself a controversial character who's also come under fire like in recent years about kind of how he runs things and yeah so this is i guess the latest
1: yeah so yeah like, re- regardless of how I think of their games, <laughs> which I shouldn't mm. have brought up, um, Quantic Dream has been condemned in court in Paris over its decision to terminate an employee in 2017. So this is like a long-running case about yep. a um, a s- employee who was wrongly terminated, an um, employee who claimed that there was rampant harassment in the studio, such as obscene jokes, homophobic and racist remarks, sexual advances, and the d- distribution of inappropriate Photoshopped images uh, of employees. Yeah. I remember um, writing about that a couple of years ago, or yeah. a few years ago now. and it was just, it's just embarrassing. Like, yeah, if you look into the details yeah. of this, it's like it's, yeah, it's embarrassing and pretty shocking how bad it was. Like, yeah. it, it's and
0: and this this report is coming from one of the French unions, yeah,
1: yeah, the um, Solidaire Informatique, um, yeah. a French union in um, yeah in France. <laughs> following the Paris Court of um, Appeals announcement, the former employee released the following statement to. Um, the f- union, as I believe. So, quote, after years of proceedings, complaints, legal harassment, finally a decision that restores the facts. Um, hmm. I'm relieved and proud to have held my ground against an attitude that could be described as disloyal, dishonest, and intimidating. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. Also fun to read. <sighs> um, four us- years of
0: that. Imagine having to, like, wait four years to have your name cleared. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's. I'm glad that, that was, like, you know, something of a positive ending. Because, yeah. like, last we heard, I think they won this, like, libel case, even though they lost asp- other aspects of the case against um, a paper in France um, yeah. that Quantic Dream decided to sue in response to their expose. They were expose, um, yep. Yeah, which... Yeah, oh, always I a good know. sign. Yep. <laughs> um, so after yep. that, um, just one more update on the Activision Blizzard saga that we've been covering for the last while. So... Um, in response to, in response Activision. to, <laughs> yeah, in response to the 18 million dollar settlement that the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, or the EOC, um, they organised with Activision Blizzard, um, the Co- Communication Workers of America Union, the CWA, they have objected to objected to the settlement, stating that the proposed settlement quote seems woefully inadequate and quote, would provide the maximum settlement for only 60 workers. Um, Yeah, and the Department of Fair Employment and Housing and um, the DEFVH, they're the department who originally brought the lawsuit to Activision Blizzard in California, I believe. Mm, Um, They've also objected to it. Um, That's kind of where the paths get a little crossed because the EEOC who made the settlement, they have opposed... um, Pretty sure they. I'm uh, pretty sure what they did. They opposed DFEH's opposition. CWA is yeah. kind of its own little bubble because um, they both do it done it independently technically. So they've yeah. opposed DFEH's objection by st- and also mentioned also noted that the two lawyers involved in that lawsuit brought against Activision Blizzard have previously investigated Activision Blizzard for with for the EO- EOC. Yeah, and then has argued the objectivists should be thrown out. And because of the conflict of interest, there's a chance the whole case could be thrown out because yeah, that was a silly legal thing like, to do. Like,
0: to summarise, the CWA has objected to the EEOC settlement, that US $18 million settlement. And independent of that, the uh, DFEH who brought on the original lawsuit against Activision also objected to this $18 million settlement, but for a different reason. This was more about, um, like, the CWA saying, "Hey, this money is not enough to cover the amount of, you know, the amount, the 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 sheer number of people affected by it." The DFEH is like, "Oh, we don't like this settlement because it's undermining our lawsuit against Activision," and um, uh, and the the word gets even more complicated is that the EEOC is is wanting. The DFEH's objection to be thrown out because there's potentially a conflict of interest, um, you know, with lawyers involved in the lawsuit. So it's it's kind of like it's convoluted, it's it's tricky in a way, but essentially, two people don't like that settlement, but for differing reasons.
1: Yeah, I knew that summary was gonna trip me up a lot. So many acronyms. Yeah, it,
0: it, <laughs> yeah exactly. And, and and the thing is, it, it is the nature of lawsuits and law in general that it is it can be very complicated. Especially when you're dealing with a company this big, and multiple state bodies are involved, and you know, unions and non-profits, it's it's going to be a messy time, and I I th- I foresee this going on for years. Like I didn't see this being a short short-term kind of thing.
1: Yeah, definitely not. Last time we'll talk about it. For <laughs> mm, um, sure. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah.
0: And um, I guess to to kind of close off the the news for this past week, uh, the the first story is that. Uh, Valve has come out and officially said that it's not going to allow games that involve NFTs, uh, so non-fungible tokens, or blockchain games on Steam. Uh, So for kind of like the layman's explanation for an NFT, a non-fungible token, is it's like it's a digital item that is unique and can't be copied because it's created or it's tracked using blockchain technology, which is basically very complex math with like a very strict record right that's the way to kind of think about this right and and that's why you can hear cases of people selling nfts of like pretty much anything even a jpeg or whatever for millions of dollars knowing that no one else can ever own that file unless they pay the person who owns it right so this came about because um Uh, space pirate games which is the developer of an upcoming game called age of rust it's kind of like in the game you um, you acquire nfts and use them to solve puzzles so uh, basically valve said no uh, we don't want any games uh, to involve anything to do with nfts or blockchain and (laughs) the, the tricky thing is that when age of rust was first submitted so when space pirate games submitted the game like there was nothing in the documentation to specifically say anything against this and valve kind of stealthily updated its onboarding documentation for steam to include language that blocks these specific types of games right and even like looking at archive.org from a couple of months ago like it wasn't mentioned then so it's kind of I wish Valve just came out and said it rather than, you know, us finding it out this way through this, like, developer who has a vested vested interest in, you know, portraying (laughs) the issue in a certain light. Um, But, of course, um, in, in, like, the follow-up to this, uh, Epic Games, you know is like probably the largest competitor to Valve in the, in the PC space, said, hey, you know what? We are open to these games. <laughs> we'll explore these options. And Team Sweeney, who's the CEO of Epic Games, loves chiming into every, every kind of um, debate on the internet when it comes to like you know monetization and games, saying that basically we've just got to make sure that these developers follow specific rules, you know, that, quote, relevant laws, disclosing terms, and age rating by appropriate groups, you know, like classification boards and stuff. And it's, yeah, like back um, back in September, like Tim Sweeney said, you know, oh, Epic's not touching NFTs, right? There's too many things. There's, there's a, quote, mix of scams, interesting um, decentralized tech foundations, which legitimate, that's true. It's decentralized. It's not tied to any specific government or like, you know, organization running the whole system. But yeah, he kind of described it as scam, like, month ago and then now
1: valve comes
0: out got some bad press and he's just like capitalizing on it like what do you think
1: yeah i yeah sweeney's a stupid dork and i don't like him (laughs) he keeps doing this (laughs) whereas like he kind of jumps in with this like you know just like oh this is an opportunity to get epic games in the news again yeah get one over on steam on this (laughs) thing that's popular with scammers essentially (laughs) it's um yeah, yeah i don't know it's like Sweeney doing that is like almost like a parody of what he always does anyway just it's yeah uh, like anyway. if he you, if you had like
0: a parody Tim Sweeney Twitter account like it wouldn't it wouldn't be that funny because it would just like you can't parody what's already like such a larger than life character
1: <laughs> yeah pretty much um yeah so yeah. i don't have a strong opinion on it other than i don't really yeah. trust uh, nft yeah. crypto stuff much i'm pretty okay yeah. with it it's still um, early
0: on in that man so I, I, like I, I don't doubt it i don't i don't blame you for that like still like it's extremely high risk some people can get very like have it's done well for them like unless you've got a lot of money to kind of put aside and and lose like i don't i haven't heard any experts say get into it yeah. For people who are like you know, don't have that extra income to just kind of throw away, <laughs> potentially. Let's uh, let's close out the story with some positive news. Um, as you know, Battlefield Twenty Forty Two, huge upcoming game from Dice. I'm a big fan of the series. Um, I know we weren't too hot on the beta but you know uh, this new announcement uh, could could change a few people's minds so um, <coughs> DICE has finally unveiled the hazard mode uh, game kind of like it's the game mode that's more like objective focused so where Conquest has got the full 128 players or 64 players if you're on an older console and you got like <coughs> you know you're capturing flags in these large sectors it. it <clears throat> this is a bit more focused uh, essentially um, you'll have it's a 32 player mode where people are s- split into eight up to eight squads so um 32 players on you know pc and newer systems and 24 players on older systems like the xbox one and ps4 and so you're playing these four player squads each squad is trying to fight to capture these data drives that are dropped out of these fallen satellites the whole point of the game is to capture these data drives and make it to like an extraction point like a helicopter or a plane or something so that you can successfully get out of the match without dying right and there are only two points in the match where these like extractions can happen like halfway through the match or at the end of the round uh like it's 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 kind of like the risk versus reward thing of like do we, I guess the way to think about it is like, okay, do we do the safe bet, extract early with less data drives, or do we try to capture as many as we can and potentially risk not making it out of the match, right? Because the more data drives you collect, the more points, the more currency you earn, which will help you buy better gadgets and better weapons for the next match. So it's kind of like, there's there's a bit of, um there's like more thinking involved than traditional like, traditional Battlefield uh, yeah, like it, it. It sounds like a neat idea. Like you mentioned, it's a bit more closer to something like Escape from Tarkov than, than like the battle royale mode everyone is expecting. So, uh, like I'm, I'm optimistic. I hope it's going to be good.
1: Yeah, it, it doesn't sound bad at all. Like I like the idea of like if it's going to be like a multiplayer only battlefield again. I like the idea. Like yeah. you know, it's, it's a good, uh, it's a good way of producing variety while still keeping to the like tenets mm. of battlefield. Well, well not tenants, I guess because it's not like large scale warfare as much but it's um, I don't know it, it sounds like a good application of the you know what they have already yeah <laughs> and, and, like, it sounds like a good yeah yeah. Um, sorry yeah oh yeah I don't think I have too much to add though it's um, <laughs> yeah it sounds alright it's because uh, I think this was leaked a little while ago by like yeah. this insider who's been leaking everything Battlefield related for a while now but it's um, yeah. yeah so it's like you know he was the one who made the escape from Tarkov comparison comparison it's like, yeah. you know it's like yeah, so it's like, you know, large-scale Counter-Strike almost. <laughs> you know, like you buy yeah. your gear, you if you survive, you have to keep your gear, get more money for more gear, etc. Um Yeah,
0: and it's and it's probably lends itself well to people who don't have a lot of time. You know, you can get in a couple of mm. good rounds of this versus like playing a, a full match of Conquest that can take like an hour or more sometimes depending on how close the teams are.
1: Yeah, that's mm. true. Yeah.
0: And and maybe this might help with the problem that a lot of people had which was like you just get thrown into like a a huge multiplayer match in conquest and you have no idea what to do like there's no direction or anything there this is a bit more of a focused experience well we we haven't played it yet but it's it sounds like it'll be a more focused experience
1: it sounds really stressful (laughs) like that's definitely (laughs) what i thought as well (laughs) so it's like it's like i like the idea so much like like so many things in games it's it sounds very cool and clever I don't really want to play it because it's gonna stress or scare me. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It, it really does sound neat, though. So I like it's uh, clever, like because I think this is like the third mode of three, right? Yeah, I, or something like that. Yeah, like the third mode a, is Portal
0: Mode, which is kind of that mashup right. of different like Battlefield kind of mechanics, weapons, vehicles, uh, like even player models from different eras of Battlefield. Or like you can create like a cust- custom game modes of all sorts of shenanigans if you want.
1: Yeah, so this is, like, the third pillar of 2042. So it's, like, yeah. Portal, Classic, I guess, and Hazard Mode, which I think is, like, not mm. a bad selection of stuff as long as they fix everything else yeah. ahead of time. Yeah, uh, Or mm. maybe, I don't know, maybe not fix, I don't know. But it's, like, um, you know, there was all the bugs I meant, but yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Like, all the stuff we talked about with classes, it's, like, I don't know, might be yes. better in the final release. I think I saw some, like, positive, like, people being more positive on it Um, yeah. since then, but... I don't know. Yeah. I'm curious to see how the final product turns out. Like let like hopefully it's at least like polished enough to be a decent paid product because you know saying it's like you probably could use a delay. I don't love the idea of people buying, you know, yeah. half baked things. So yeah, um, but yeah.
0: yeah especially cuz like some people like some of the rumors are that the build like I think the same uh, Leaker who, you know, Tim Henderson who He's like a well-known Battlefield leaker, like Insider, who kind of r- revealed some of that escape from Tarkov comparisons for the mode. I think also found that some sources said that the build in the game is actually not as old as EA claims it is. <laughs> like yeah, it might only, it. only like be from like last month.
1: So, um, yeah, fingers, <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. But you know what? That's going to do it for news for this week. As always, if you like what you hear and you want to send in some feedback or you want to respond to some of the topics we discussed, please write in at podcast at co or come say hi in the podcast Double Jump Radio thread um, in our official Discord. So yeah, definitely do write in and let us know what you think. John, thanks again. It was a lot of fun, a lot of uh, pop culture talk this week, which I always appreciate.
1: Yeah, a lot of talk. <laughs> Talked for a while this time. <laughs> but um, yeah yeah, thanks it was a good talk ah for sure
0: always man any time always welcome yeah always look forward to it and um, you know what how about we leave everyone to it and let them enjoy the rest of their week John see you next week everyone else until next time look out for one another peace see ya